Amen. This time we're going to let our children be dismissed with Miss Edith for a time of Children's Church. You know, some of you might you might have looked at our, the title for our message today, and you said, "Well, that just don't sound right." If I see those words together, I, th I think about the church building, and and a lot of times when we say the church, if y'all haven't noticed, we've been going over a lot of words and phrases that we don't always use correctly, or we we misunderstand. And, and when we talk about the church, what do we what do we think first? The building. I'm going to be at the church. You know, what we really should be thinking, if somebody says, I'm going to be at the church, that you're going to get here and there's 100 people here. And it might not even be here. It might be at Walmart. We all just show up down there. And then that's the church, wherever we're at. Because, yes, buildings are important, and yes, that and... And, and don't get me wrong, if you say, I'm going to the church and you mean the building, it's okay, because I do that too. But I think we need to understand that the church is more than the building. The building is the place where the church meets, and we are the church. And, and the church are those who've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, have come into relationship with God as His children, which makes us, if he's our father, makes us all brothers and sisters. So you stuck with me whether you like it or not. So we need to figure out how to walk through this life together. Because I'm stuck with you too. And as a family, we need to understand that when I say the building church, we're not putting bricks and wood and mortar together. We're building the body of Christ, growing the kingdom of God. And, and we've been talking about for the last few weeks, the mission. What is it that, that we're going to do? What is it that we're going to be doing in this year and the years to come to further the kingdom of God starting here at Berea and then branching out? And part of that is making sure that what's in here is right. Because we can't take anything out there until this body is where we're supposed to be. And Paul talked about that because when Paul wrote his letter to the church at Rome, there were conflicts that were arising between the, the Jewish Christians and the Christians who had come out of pagan backgrounds. And so Paul is trying to bring the entire body together and show us how we need to build the church and be a building church. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Romans 15. I'm just looking at three verses this morning. Looking at the first three. Romans 15, 1 through 3. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. 
Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to his edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached thee fell upon me. Father God, we ask that you bless the reading of your word. We ask God that you speak to us today. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to what you want to say to us. Father, we ask you to remove any distractions that are in this room today. We ask you to move any distractions that are in our minds today. That we can hear you. Because Lord, we want to go forward in your strength. We want to go forward with this gospel that you've given us. We want to reach this community. We want to see our nation and our world transformed. That only starts when your people hear from you and apply that in obedience. So Father, speak your message in these moments and have your way in it. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we as the body of Christ or the church that is built on the foundation that has been laid, as we seek to grow God's kingdom, it's important, first of all, that we are serving others and not ourselves. And we need to meet people where they are and help them along the way. Now, we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Romans 14, 1, Paul says, Now accept the one who is weak in the faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. We, we have to understand, as Christians, we're all in different places. We, we, we all are in, on different stages in our walk with the Lord, and some of us are more mature than others. And when I say that, I'm not talking about chronological age. Because there are some very mature Christians who are in their 20s and been Christians for a long time and are growing in the Lord and are able to teach and are able to, to, to witness and really share their faith and really help people in their walk. And there are some very young Christians, I mean, that, that are older than their 20s, we'll just say. Because I've baptized people in their 80s. And it doesn't matter what age you come to the Lord. We just want everybody to come to the Lord. But we also need to understand that someone who's been a Christian for a long time is going to be in a different stage of their walk than someone who's a new Christian. And we, regardless of where anywhere we are in between those two places need to understand, just like we want a more mature Christian to understand where we are. That that person might not be where you want them to be yet. They might not be where you are. And it might be the other way around. We might not be where they are and we need to draw wisdom from them. But we just sometimes need to be a little more, more patient with each other. I know, and, and that happens in any organization where people are. You know, we, we always say, you know, church, school, business, whatever, whatever we're doing would be wonderful if there were no people. But then it wouldn't exist if there were no people. 
So we have to learn how to get along with each other and have to walk it out with each other. And we need to be willing to help others. Paul says in Galatians 6, 1 and 2, Brethren, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of gentleness. Each one look into yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. So first he says, you who are spiritual, restore one in gentleness. Because I don't know about you. Well, I probably do because we're, we're pretty much all the same in that respect. Nobody likes to be told that you're doing something wrong. Nobody likes to be called out for anything. Even if you are, you don't, want, you don't really want it to be made public or made a big deal. But Paul's saying it is our job as a family. Because obviously if you see your kids doing something dangerous, you're going to stop them. If you see somebody you love heading down a wrong road, you're going to stop them. You're going to talk to them. You're going to try to gently bring them back. Because if you yell and scream, it may push them even farther down that wrong road. Or if you do it in a judgmental way, because we, same thing. That's how we want somebody to speak to us. That's how we need to make sure that we are correcting that's in gentleness. A lot of people are afraid to come to church because they're afraid of the judgment. And I'm not talking about the judgment that's coming one day. I'm talking about us. And we need to make sure that people understand they're going to be accepted. We're going to meet them where they are. It's like I would hope you do the same for me. Because, you know, we were talking about this yesterday a little bit. And, we, and, and in our Bible readings, we've been kind of talking about this and noticing this. That, you know, you look at some of the characters in the Bible. They were all flawed people. They did a lot of stuff that we even look at and say, Well, my goodness, I'd, I wouldn't do that. But the church is made up of flawed people. Did, did I just mess with anybody's worldview there? Well, I'm going to give you another one that's going to shock you. The pastors aren't perfect either. Okay, I'll let you get off the floor. <laughs> and sometimes we need a break too. And sometimes... Just like you need us to understand that you're human. We need you to know that too. And we're not always going to do everything right. And we're not always going to make the perfect decisions. And sometimes we, we need to talk to somebody. We're here to bear your burdens. But sometimes we need some of you to help bear ours. And it can be lonely. I'm just... I'm just saying, because when Paul's talking about the church, he's talking about the whole church, the leaders and the congregation. Because the 12 apostles, when Jesus left them, he didn't expect them to just all go out all by themselves and win the world. They had each other. They had the, the leaders in the church. They had people who were there for them to... To build them up. And to encourage them. And to hold them accountable. And that's all of our job. 
That's not just my job. It's not just Bill's job. That's not just the Sunday school teacher's job or any of the leadership of the church. That's every Christian. It's our job to hold each other up, to build each other up, to strengthen each other. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all men. I always joke and say I could never be a doctor because I don't have any patience. <laughs> Sorry, got to throw a dad joke in there every now and then. But, but am I the only one who struggles with patience? Come on. If we're getting real today, let's just get real. Patience is something that, that's tough. It's something that's tough for all of us. But we can do it. Think before you talk. <laughs> Pray before you act. We just got to take that time. But we're not patient enough to take that time. But just as we've had people who have gently guided us back to the path when we've fallen. We need to make sure that we're showing that same patience and understanding with others. Because we're expected to build up not tear down. Paul says in verse 2, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to his edification. That's one of them churchy words. Edification. Who's ed? It, the word in the Greek is orkodome, and it means to build up, to establish, to confirm. Paul writes that the reason that God called some to be pastors, some to be teachers, some to be prophets, for, some to be apostles for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to building up the body of Christ. Romans 14, 19, he says, So then let us pursue the things which make for peace and for the building up of one another. And he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 19, All this time you've been thinking that we are defending ourselves to you. Actually, it is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ all for your upbuilding, beloved. The purpose of what we do here is to build each other up. Sunday is to prepare us, because Sunday is the rehearsal. The performance starts in the morning when you go to work and when you go to school and wherever it is that you go. And whoever it is that you encounter. Here is where we get recharged. Here is where we get built up. Here is where we prepare ourselves for what's out there. And if we come in here on Sunday and we're tearing each other down. The devil's going to whip our you know what's when we go out there. This has to be the safe place. This has to be the place where, where we can come and know that. And yeah, we're going to have bad days. We all do. But that's why we've got to be here for each other. That's why we've got to encourage each other. That's why we've got to build each other up and prepare us for what's coming. And then we have to have that strategy. Let God give us His plan, His way, what he, how He wants to use us to reach those that don't know Him. But if the body can't get along, the people who aren't a part of the body aren't going to want to be a part of the body. No body part wants to join a sick body. So how do we do that? How do we reach out? How do we minister 
to each other. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 9.22, To the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I may by all means save some. All right, well, since I'm, I'm dropping truths today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop another one that's going to shock you. No two people are ever going to see eye-to-eye 100% of the time on any subject. You're like, wow, this pastor's just throwing some stuff at us. I did not know that. I thought we all agreed all the time. Yeah, sure. We're not. We all have different things that we like. We all have different preferences. We all have different interests. Every one of us, has, we might agree on some things, but we're not 100% across the board. That's just not us. That's not humans. So how do we relate to each other if we don't agree on everything? Find common ground. We might not, we could probably pick a million things just in this room alone that we don't agree on. So why don't we start with what we do agree on? We, we agree we love Jesus. We agree we're here because he saved us. We agree we're, we're here to worship him. Let's start there. And then when we're out and we're talking to people and we're building relationships because that's what the church is. It's about building relationships. That's how you get people to come to the Lord. Then you find a common interest. For me, it's sports. If I see somebody wearing a sports t-shirt, that's a conversation starter. If they're wearing an LSU t-shirt, they're my new best friend. And the funny thing is, sometimes I get in conversations because I'm wearing that or somebody else is wearing that, and we end up knowing the same people. It's crazy, but it happens all the time. But we find that common interest, find that common ground. And when we're doing that, when we're out there in the community, we're working with somebody, we want to find a way to share Jesus with that person. Start with the things that you have in common. Build a relationship, build the trust then they're going to be willing to listen to you when you start talking about your faith. It don't happen overnight. But the same principle works in here with us. Find the common ground. We're, again, everybody kind of sees everything a little different. If, if everybody took a turn leading the service and every week we had a different person we'd have a hundred different services because nobody would do it exactly the same. So we find the things that, that we can agree on and, and we work together for the good of the body, for the furtherance of the kingdom and let the Lord guide us in the best ways in order for that message to go through more smoothly. So in order to build up the church, we have to take ourselves out of the equation. What John, John the Baptist said, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. And if it's less about me, more about him, more about you, and we all come in with that attitude, it's going to be different. And the world is going to see that difference. And they're going to be drawn to us and to him.
because they see the difference. So we have to take ourselves out of the equation and realize that many of the things that we need to do put the focus on what is best for others and what is best for the church as a whole. And if we're not sure what this looks like, then in verse 3, Paul gives us our perfect example. And as we go forward, we are to follow his example. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached thee fell upon me. Psalm was written, the Psalms, there's, there's a lot of prophecy in the Psalms. And, and one of these points to the fact that Jesus was so in tune with following the will of the Father that those who insulted God insulted him. If you insult the Father, you insult the Son. And, and, and in that verse he is repeating Psalm 69, 9. For zeal of thy house has consumed me. The reproaches of those who reproach thee have fallen on me. So Jesus understood that he was here to do the will of the Father. In Matthew 26, 39, we have Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as thou will. Jesus as God knew what had to happen for our redemption. Jesus as man would have been okay if there was another way. But yet, as there was not, he yielded himself to the Father's will and gave his life to save ours. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Jesus had no reason to give his life. He hadn't sinned. He hadn't done anything wrong. He came because he loved us. He came because he wanted a relationship with us. He came because he wanted us to have a way to get to the Father and be forgiven of our sins. And he emptied himself for you and for me. John 5.30, Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus did exactly as we should be trying to do. He didn't look out for his own interests. He didn't worry about what people would think or what they might do to him. He showed love, grace, compassion to all, and then gave the ultimate sacrifice to provide eternal life for all who will accept. He gave everything for us. So we must be willing to give all for the sake of others. Philippians 2, 4, and 5 says, Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Follow his example. He laid it all down. He gave it all up. He didn't feel the need to hold on to anything. Sometimes when we, even when we follow the Lord. And this is just part of, of us as humans. But we, we need to, to look at it. Sometimes we need to recognize it. It's like okay Lord I'll, I want to follow you. And I will give you everything. But this. 
You can have most. I'll surrender some. But I'm holding on to this. I can't let this go. Jesus let it all go. Yes, he asked if there's another way, but he knew there wasn't. Not my will, but thine be done. When we take that attitude, when we decide that I'm going to stop living for me, and I'm going to put my family, I'm going to put my friends, I'm going to put my co-workers, I'm going to put strangers, I'm going to put my church family, I'm going to put people that I know need the Lord ahead of my own interests. What does the Lord want to use me for instead of what do I want to do? Now I'm going to have a lot better time of it. Because now I'm not the one making the plans. I'm not the one making the rules. I'm following the one who has the plan. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now obviously that's metaphorical. It's not, we, we cannot physically be crucified every day. That wouldn't work. But every day we have to die to the things that aren't part of God's plan for us. We have to die to the things that don't line up with His Word and, and His purposes for His body. We have to, to die to the things that are of selfish in nature and not looking out for the interest of others and looking out for the interest of what the Lord wants to do through us as individuals and through us as the body of Christ. Because Jesus, like I said, set that perfect example. In John 13, 14, Jesus has just washed the disciples' feet and they didn't understand. They didn't know why he was doing that. And he said, if I then, the Lord, your teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He, he gave us the example. He told us what to do. He sent us out. Now we have to do it. But feet stink. They're nasty. I don't want to do that. You ever think sometimes we might come off that way to other people too? If we look at each other and we look at the world and, and we say, Well, I, Lord, I, I, can't, I can't do that. Remember a few months ago we were talking about those people? You know, those people, they're, they're, they're not like me. Well, that might be a good thing. Because remember, we are those people. We're all those people. And so just as love has been shown to us, we turn around and show it to others. It's really not that hard. We make it harder. You know, we fuss at our kids when they make stuff difficult that doesn't need to be difficult. What do you think God's thinking about us? I think I just heard him say, you listen to what you just said there. <laughs> but we need to make sure that we're willing 
to go where he sends us, to go to who he sends us to, and to do what he asks. And then to help each other as we all try to do this. 1 Peter 2.21 says, For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example to follow in his steps. And 1 John 2.6 says, The one who says he abides in him ought to also walk in the manner that he walked. We can't do everything that God did, or God can do, or do things like Jesus did them, but what we can do is follow his example to the best of our ability and seek out people that we can show his love to and be faithful and obedient to do that in the ways that he shows us and makes available to us. So if we're going to be the building church, the mission has to come first. Knowing the Lord and making him known is what we are called to do. And we are called to do it together. We are called to do it together. And y'all, when I was a teacher, my kids knew if I said something three times, it was going to be on the test. We are called to do it together. It's going to be on the test. That might mean putting our desires on the back burner and focusing on the good of the body. Always according to God's word and always by the leading of the Holy Spirit. But y'all, I'm in it with you. You're in it with me. We're in it together. We got to remember that. We've got to remember that, that if there's something that we need to talk about, let's just talk about it. It's better than holding it in or, or being upset and not dealing with it. Sometimes it's, it's things that can be easily adjusted. Sometimes there might be deeper conversations that need to be had, but that's what families do. Because God is positioning us to really see an impact for the kingdom. And I believe it's going to start this year. I really do. But it's going to take us all. It's a team sport. <laughs> it's going to take every one of us playing their role. So as we sing this final song, I encourage you, if God's laid something on your heart and you need to respond and, or you need prayer or maybe there's somebody in the room you need to just go to and pray together about whatever's on your heart. There's freedom in this room. If there's a decision you need to make or something you need prayer for or anything that God's laid on your heart, we're here for you. I'll pray with you. Bill will pray with you. There's others. If, if we're praying with people, there's others who will pray with you. That's what we do. So I just want to encourage you to just not worry about anything else in these few moments. But just, what's God saying to you? And let's make sure we're building the church together. So as we stand and as we sing, you just listen as God leads.